Hi FM. You're back with 101.9 Hi FM. I'm Benji Shulman. This is the new Blue Review. I hope you enjoyed uh, that last interview. And uh, moving on to uh, a slightly different topic, I am very, very excited to have on the line Ishmael Kaldi. And he is a councillor for the Foreign Ministry and uh, has been very, very involved uh, with different aspects of supporting the Jewish community and uh, Israel uh, abroad. And he's been to many, many countries doing this kind of work, London, South Africa, uh, many other places, uh, and he talks uh, around the world. And we're just going to have a chat to him about what's going on uh, with his work and uh, with Israel. Ishmael, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. Shalom, uh, Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Now, interesting. you have an interesting story. You are uh, an Israeli Bedouin citizen, and uh, you even wrote a book about how you went from being a, a shepherd and ended up in the Israeli foreign ministry. Can, can you give us a bit of a background as to your story and your uh, upbringing? Yes, absolutely. You know, about the book, I self-published it in 2010. In 2010, after I returned from uh, two and a half years in uh, San Francisco, I was very different. Uh, and the reason was that they was asking us, you know, uh, many times about my background, and uh, I found that there little uh, is known about the Bedouin community here, or even you know about Israel and the very society. And I decided to put in, uh, you know, on writing, and I started to write, right? And uh, my story, uh, you know, growing up as a Bedouin uh, shepherd in the hills northeast of Haifa, until, you know, becoming very different and going to San Francisco. And of course, it tells, you know, the story of the, the, the relation building between Bedouins and uh, yeah, the, the Jewish pioneers who came to establish, you know, the Kibbutzim and the, the Jewish settlement here in the 1930s, and of course, until today. And uh, the multicultural, uh, you know, Israeli society. And, and what has it been like for you? You know, you speak on many different uh, public platforms around the world uh, as a Bedouin uh, citizen of Israel. It does do you, does that uh, confuse people who maybe uh, don't know about this multicultural aspect of of Israel? Look, there's no doubt. I mean, uh, look, it's known about Israel. I think, uh, and you can see it everywhere. Everywhere you go, you know, the media portray wrong image about what's happening here in the country. While, you know, on the ground, people really don't know enough. Not about the society, not about, you know, the economy, not about, you know, education, and many, many other things. And I, of course, uh, myself, I'm shocked time after time from even listening to questions of people. Be they are students in, in uh, Scotland, or, you know, even sometimes in the Jewish community uh, around the world. You know, I think we have a, a moral responsibility moral responsibility to, uh, you know, reach out to them and talk to them and strengthen those connections between ourselves, you know, other Israelis and uh, people who have any kind of contact to, to, to Israel. And does the fact that you can speak Arabic, the fact that you're a Muslim, uh, does, does that help you connect to people who are, like otherwise might not be prepared to, say, talk to a Jewish person or talk to an, uh, a Jewish Israeli? Uh, look, me, I have to say, though, I have to say you may not agree with me that the religious, you know, issue here is totally not relevant. I'm not there as a Muslim. Uh, I'm there as a Bedouin. Yes, people are interested or in the surprise to see a Bedouin talking 
so to them it's much more interesting and they would uh, you know, tend to listen here there you know uh, you know people even uh, react uh, negatively okay because for them they see oh okay well he is uh, you know six column or something like that you know what even in Jewish communities you find those you know skiing uh, components but uh, you know I try to think the best of it was uh, the finest Uh, part of uh, being a bit different than the mainstream majority. So that's all. Look, this is the lesson. Okay, reach out to people, listen to people, talk to people, not argue. Yeah, absolutely. Try and uh, build a bit of a bridge. Now, besides your work uh, in the foreign ministry, you, you have also built up a, a bit of a profile uh, helping with... Um, The, the development of your village is uh, Kawalid. Uh, it's been profiled in a number of uh, different uh, media publications. Uh, Jerusalem posted a whole story on it the other day. Can you give us a bit of a background as to what is the work that you're doing on behalf of your village? Yes, you know, Kawalid is a Bedouin tribe was recognized as a permanent village in 1993 by the authorities, Minister of the Interior mainly. And uh, like uh, many other different communities, you know, it's, it is still, uh, you know, going through the settlement process and uh, transferring, or, uh, you know, from being a shepherd society, nomad society, uh, into becoming more settled, more organized, more, you know, forced on to school and joining the Israeli modern society. That by itself is a process that takes a very long time. Now, when it comes to, come to Halalid, because we are a small, very village, we are a small, very tribe, uh, only few people, only few people, you know, went, uh, uh, are out there, uh, are aware about the possibility uh, of how to deal with the bureaucracy. For instance, 25 years almost, this village was recognized, we still have no uh, access to Okay, to the living, you know, to go to, to, to go medical care, to go to work, you know, to help us, you know, be, interact more with our Jewish neighbors. So that's part of the integration effort. Uh, until now, we don't have the permission to build, uh, you know, pens for our animals, for the sheep and the goats and, and folks that we have. And there is no reason for this not to, 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 to happen. It's not a budget issue, it's just, you know, bureaucratic issues. And I came here and decided to lose everything and come after those years ago, come here and be part of the village. And I see it as a commitment to help my, my family. And I'm doing, you know, these uh, initiations with the government, with the authorities, starting with the local council, uh, that we belong to, uh, to even, you know, the, the higher, highest levels in, in government. And there is, uh, you know, understanding, there is, uh, you know, a cooperation. I think, you know, So the main fight has really been around, as you say, the access road to the village, which is not paved. And so when it rains, there's a lot of potholes and, and as you say, building permits. And, and Israeli bureaucracy is famously uh, slow and discoordinated and not very efficient. Uh, so what kind of stuff have you done to try and uh, really get the voice out there and uh, get the democratic process working in your favor? I tell you what, two things. First of all, uh, you know, going myself and explaining to the government, of, uh, relevant government officers, who I am and what we need, where is the issue? You know, be focused on the issue. 
and they're, they're, they're innocent. So there's that, that we achieved some progress. The other thing is, you know, the media. You know, uh, unfortunately, this is a modern thing. But without the media, you can't go anywhere. Uh, the other thing, yeah, the third thing is uh, using, you know, a network of support of friends from all over the world, mainly from Jewish communities. Not only Jewish communities, from you know, people who I met, uh, who are Israel supporters in England, in America, in Alaska, even in, you know, American Indian, who are coming from tribes, who are coming from tribal societies, just like ourselves. Uh, you know, express solidarity and wrote uh, emails, uh, you know, uh, made some phone calls, and that helps, of course. That uh, you know, warm up our hearts that we are not alone. And, yeah, absolutely. I, I imagine that sort of cooperation is very helpful. Uh, Ishmael, and I've seen also pictures on your Facebook page, people coming to visit the village, coming to have a look. If people want to want to help out with the process of, of uh, alerting the government or, or, or coming to see uh, what it's like uh, to organize a Bedouin village in, in, in this way, uh, how can they be in contact with you? Well, first of all, you know, uh, those uh, missions coming to visit here has nothing to do with uh, our efforts. Uh, we are always, you know, open. We have open tents. Uh, building hospitality is an integral uh, part of uh, uh, of us, and our homes always uh, open. We have, you know, especially in the summer, uh, students groups coming to visit, coming to learn, coming to see by themselves. You know how it looks uh, like. We are not tourist place, of course, but we are. Uh, you know, a, 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 uh, we are we are in, in we are uh, a working village, a functioning we village. Are, yeah, yeah, we are uh, you know like a, a real place, okay? Uh, so people can learn about uh, what, uh, our history and our our heritage, uh, and we want to develop that. We want to 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 make that more official, of course, so people can come here. And find uh, like, you know a visiting center or something like that. This doesn't exist in here in Israel, sadly. But that cannot happen without you know having infrastructure uh, planned well. Uh, like we don't have you know access road. We don't have uh, you know permission to build our you know tents for the animals. There is no permission or there is no plan to build a visiting center. You know, we are thinking about, uh, you know, Bedouin uh, hospitality. There are many women who are not uh, unemployed. We want to train them how to, you know, capitalize their culture, how to, you know, use what they learn uh, throughout the years to, to make it into, a, you know, income. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I think I think it's uh, absolutely amazing and uh, amazing uh, what you're doing. If people want to to find out more, where can they contact you? Well, for, you know, we just started a charity for the village called Make Hawali, tons of Hawali, and uh, we are still just starting our main uh, our main you know effort is to lobby with the government you know, authorities but also to run some educational programs here in the village, for the village. Uh, you know, people can find us, uh, of course, online. So you can uh, just, uh, on Facebook, we are there. Uh, and, of course, uh, they can contact even the embassy and uh, my wonderful uh, colleagues here. 
And I'm hoping to, 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 to do it again in South Africa. I did that two years ago. And I hope to do that also in the coming, uh, you know, future. I think it's, I see it as a, a major, uh, you know, issue for us to connect with the Jewish diaspora from South Africa and others to, to, to work together, to cooperate together on everything, you know, possible for the, the mutual benefit of, of us to Absolutely, and I think it's a, a great message to end off this interview. Ishmael Kaldi, thank you so much for being on the new Blue Review, uh, and best of luck with all your efforts. No, thank you very much, Benji. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. That is uh, Ishmael Kaldi, and he's joining us live from Israel. It brings us to the end of the new Blue Review for today, and uh, thank you so much for being with us. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or criticism, feel free to get hold of us, uh, Benji at chai.co. And we will reply as soon as we can. Until next time, goodbye and good luck.